From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is Tuesday, although it feels very much like a Monday to a lot of folks. But it is our daily asservation of information known as AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris and Katie Vicino and James Berlander. And you can, of course, join us at 800-969-9352. We'd like to hear from you. And Katie's put together some interesting programming here today. Of course, we're going to have T-Crafts join us in the next half hour because we got plenty of sports to talk about. Uh, the Rays, with a victory over Boston, they're now five games in back of the Yankees, and they play the Bo Sox again um, tonight and tomorrow night, and then they got Thursday off and a weekend session that's going to be critical to the standings as they will be playing the Yankees up in New York. And I got to mention that, um, well, USF didn't do so well against number 25 BYU, Brigham Young. They lost 50 to 21. And Howard University is going to be here Saturday. They'll have a much better chance. And the Gators are going to host the Kentucky Wildcats Saturday night. Uh, they beat number seven Utah 29 to 26. This weekend, and my Florida State Seminoles pulled off a wild win over LSU in Louisiana, twenty-four to twenty-three. Did y'all see that one? No, I didn't get a chance to watch uh, much TV this weekend. That was a phenomenal finish. Um, the uh, Noles were leading by a touchdown, and. LSU drove all the way down to the one-yard line, and with a second to go, they called a timeout. They had a second to go, and they were able to score. And so all they needed was the extra point to tie the game and go into OT. And I don't know who did it, but somebody from FSU blocked the extra point try. And so the Knowles held them off. 24 to 23, but that was a phenomenal finish to a ball game. And um, anyway, nice to see football season underway, and the Buccaneers will be cranking it up this weekend. That's always great to see as well. But nevertheless, we'll hear T. Crass's take. I'm sure he saw that finish to the uh, Wild and Woolly FSU game. Um, and, of course, the big story continues to be, well, now the judge has granted former President Trump uh, a special master in document search. This is something the Biden administration was fighting against, but the uh, judge ruled in favor of former President Trump. And so they get to appoint a special master to review documents that were seized by the FBI from his home in Mar-a-Lago last month and also temporarily halted the Justice Department's use of the records 
for investigative purposes. And, of course, the Justice Department fought this all the way, so this was quite a victory for former President Trump. But um, this thing's going to go on a while, and it's going to end up in court for a long time. You can bet on that. And we'll have to talk about what the FBI did to his wife Melania's panties. <laughs> they got into her panty drawer. <laughs> and they were saying that she's quite the germaphobe. So when she found out they had rustled around in her panty drawer, she threw them all away and went out and bought new underwear. I could understand searching the residence, but I mean, I I do know they uh, they took some articles of clothing as well. Yeah, but why do you get in his wife's panty drawer? I mean, I can understand if if they think that he's hiding documents in certain places. Whoever the 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 informant is. Yeah, I'm thinking. Would you hide him in in your wife's panty drawer? Who knows? I don't think so. Well, they got into. <laughs> You might say they got into her drawers. <laughs> That's West Virginia term drawers. <laughs> Your panties. Anyway, it's five eleven. Time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Quick takes, ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time, providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at fourteen minutes after five, he's here from the newsroom. Chris Trankman, and what do we got going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Good morning. Florida Senator Marco Rubio says too much is being made of former President Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents. The senator says it's really at its core a storage argument and adds that a fight over storage of documents isn't worthy of a full-scale raid. He says the Justice Department's leaking information about the case that may or may not be true. This, of course, uh, coming as the uh, judge in South Florida ruled in favor of Trump's request for a special master, which means that an independent reviewer will look over the documents and decide whether some of them should be returned to the former president. Yeah, quite a victory for Trump in this case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah legally, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's going to go on and on for a long, long time. I mean, and this story is going to spend a lot of time in court as well yeah one of the hotter topics of googled over the weekend was the name of the judge eileen cannon who is a, a federal judge appointed by by trump during his time in office so yeah she obviously be is under scrutiny for uh, her decision in this matter you know whether or not this is for legal purposes or political ones yeah and again this is going to go on for a long time and It'll be interesting to see how it ultimately plays out, but it's going to wind up in court. And some are saying this is helping Trump in his bid to run for the presidency again in 2024, and other people are saying this is hurting him. Well, it's certainly fired up a number of conservatives. Yeah. Uh, although polling shows that most Americans didn't have a problem with the FBI searching his place in Mar-a-Lago, despite the... Uh, the controversy among people on the right. Now, whether or not it uh, translates into votes uh, for him running for president, he's got to make that announcement first. So we'll see if he uh, makes that in the next few weeks. You know, there's a lot of speculation he could do so this month. 
Yeah, I think you can bet your house on it. I think so, huh? He's going to be running. (laughs) We'll be watching that. You can bet your newsroom on it. Yeah. So outgoing British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said farewell. He spoke outside 10 Downing Street uh, within the last couple of hours. It's a day after Liz Truss was selected as his successor. In his final remarks, he lauded the accomplishments of his government, including Brexit and the low unemployment numbers in his country. So he is on his way out, and there's going to be a new leader over in the U.K. And a woman. That's right. Although there was a woman before he took over, and uh, she had to resign because she couldn't uh, get the necessary support. So uh, Boris Johnson has uh, you know, been able to survive quite a few uh, attempts to remove him. Uh, but uh, this finally came to an end. And uh, we'll see how that affects the relationship between the U.K. and the U.S., uh, you know, Boris Johnson uh, seemed to be uh, at least somewhat politically uh, matched to President Trump here in, in this country, but he was pretty harsh on pre- President Trump uh, after he left office. So we'll see how uh, Liz Truss and her administration handles things with the U.S. moving forward. Yep, interesting to see an old, an old, old ally and friend of the U.S., so... That's why it's always nice to see what's going on over there. So Sarah Palin, this is up in Alaska we're talking now, kind of about as far from Florida as you can get. Yes. She says that ranked choice voting is the way Democrats are going to turn the U.S. into something folks can't recognize. Uh, The former Republican vice presidential nominee said uh, just days after losing the House race to determine who would finish the a term of the late congressman Don Young, she said splitting the Republican vote is the reason why a Democrat won the race. So she is not a fan of that system, although, of course, she's coming out with these criticisms after she lost. She may not have been saying those things if she had won. Uh, But she has another chance. You know, this isn't over. This was just a a temporary uh, filling out the seat until January when they install the new uh, newly elected congresspeople so she'll be up for a vote in uh, november yeah against the same crowd with the same voting system and i think she's sort of setting the stage that she's going to lose that again uh, because i guess the way it's set up uh it doesn't favor her so yeah i'm not sure I, t- I tried to figure out what the system was that she's opposed to but i was unable to really find anything on it yeah, the voting choice, the ranked choice is a way they, that uh, some people believe is a more fair system because in some of these uh, primaries and some of these uh, 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 early races, you have uh, in certain circumstances people winning with a, a minority of, of votes, yeah, you know, less than 50%. Uh, and this way, if, if your candidate doesn't win, your votes can then go to your second choice who might end up being the winner. Um, that way your vote doesn't just sort of disappear. It actually could play a role in uh, the overall process and it also allows people to take a closer look at all the candidates rather than just sort of rubber stamping one from one party or another but it's uh, it's a system that's only been tried in a few states florida is not one of them and so we'll see uh we'll see how it goes in alaska when they have uh their uh, final vote up in uh in november kind of like the battle over the electoral college nationally in the election of the president you yeah. know to win the popular votes you got to win that Electoral College, as Trump found out the hard way. Yeah, although he won it in 2016, so yeah. he's he's one out of he's one for two. That's true. Tom <laughs> Tom Brady says, you know what? He's 45 years old and he's a lot. He's got a lot going on in his life. 
So that was his explanation on his weekly podcast on Monday. He was answering some questions about his leaving training camp for 11 days to go on vacation and uh, general questions surrounding this season. A lot of drama surrounding the uh, Bucks quarterback. Yeah. There was a report uh, out of a New York paper saying that uh, Giselle has moved out. Yeah, that's what I'd read about, that he and Giselle were having a lot of problems at home, and that was actually the reason he was gone for 11 days. Yeah, so I guess that didn't work. be interesting <laughs> to see how that plays out for sure. Yeah, I guess the Bahamas is not, not good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it just... The thing about it, Jack, is it just seems like there's a lot more drama going on with the Bucks than when he first showed up here and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I hope this isn't a bad omen that, you know, distractions are a problem. Although Tom Brady's never really shown any history of that being a problem for him on the field. Yeah. But things, like he said himself, are a lot more complicated when you're 45 years old. I mean, he's got a kid going into high school. Uh, you know, he's got the Giselle thing. Uh, just playing at, at this kind of a uh, you know advanced age in the league, all these things going on. He's got a product line. He's going to be a Fox announcer. I mean, it just goes on and on. So hopefully that doesn't matter, and he just goes out there and stays focused and wins games. Yeah, maybe that'll be make him feel better to just get on the field and get away from everything else. Well, I'm assuming that's why he came out of retirement. Yes. He tried that out for a while and said, forget it. I want to play. <laughs> well... Chris will have more coming up here in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 522, and time to check out our Mass in Motion now with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 526, this day in history is brought to you by the Duncan Duo. Today in history, September 6th. 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed from La Gomera in the Canary Islands, his final port of call, before crossing the Atlantic Ocean for the first time. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Remember that? 1522, the Victoria returns to San Lucar de Bermeda in Spain, the only surviving ship of Ferdinand Magellan's expedition and the first known ship to circumnavigate the world. And Magellan died during that cruising. 1620, the Pilgrims sail from Plymouth, England, on the Mayflower to settle in North America. 1628, Puritans settled Salem, which became part of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. 1781, the Revolutionary War, the Battle of Groton Heights, takes place, resulting in a British victory. 1861, in the American Civil War, forces under Union General Ulysses Grant bloodlessly capture Paducah, Kentucky, giving the Union control of the Tennessee River's mouth. 1863, in the Civil War, Confederate forces evacuate Battery Wagner and Morris Island in South Carolina. 1870, Louisa Ann Swain of Laramie, Wyoming, became the first woman in the U.S. to cast a vote legally after 1807. 1901, Leon Zagas, an unemployed architect or anarchist, shoots and fatally wounds President William McKinley at the Pan Am Exposition in Buffalo, New York. 
1943, Pennsylvania Railroad's premier train derails at Frankfurt Junction in Philadelphia, killing 79 people and injuring 117 others. 1946, U.S. Secretary of State James Burns announces the U.S. will follow a policy of economic reconstruction in post-war Germany. Dumping some money over there. 1946, the U.S. Secretary of State James Burns announces that the U.S. will follow a policy of economic reconstruction in post-war Germany. I just read that one. <laughs> Sorry about that. In 1962, the U.S. government begins the exercise Spade Fork nuclear readiness drill. And we'll take a break here and bring you the rest of the Today in History, September 6th in the next half hour. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Representatives. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 537, what do we got trending this morning, Katie? Well, a few national days to celebrate today. National Read-A-Book Day, so a good day to... Educate yourself and read a book, or don't educate yourself and read a ridiculous book. I got my <laughs> book right here. There Do you, you matter? Aw, <laughs> sounds very inspirational. It's a, it's a business book. I yeah. will not be reading a book today. I I go through phases with reading books. Sometimes I like it, and then I won't read a book for like five years. Well, I've got a book I wrote some time ago that's worth not reading. You wrote a book? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I would read that. <laughs> yeah. I just get caught up in ridiculous stories, and then it'll bother me for a week if, like, a character dies. I get too wrapped up into books, so I, I can't read them that much. Well, I'll bring it in tomorrow, and you can take a look at the front of it anyway. There we go. Oh, boy. See, I'll, I'll read it. It's also <laughs> National Coffee Ice Cream Day, which I can honestly say I've never had. I'm not really a coffee lover, but I guess if you're... I like coffee, but I don't want it. Coffee ice cream. No, I'm yeah. with you. That does not sound There's up my crazy alley. Crazy things people do. I would melt my ice cream. Yeah. Also, we are wrapping up National Blood Donation Week. This is the first seven days in September, and the American Red Cross desperately needs blood. They have a huge nationwide shortage, so if you have the chance to donate some blood, please, please do it. There are a lot more donation sites set up right now because it's National Blood Donation Week, so it's very easy to find a place to donate blood. You can go to American Red Cross, obviously, and find a place close to you that allows you to donate blood but i need to, definitely do it yeah i need to do that i haven't Me in too. a long time i always say that too and then i'm like i'll get over there soon but seriously we all need to take the time to do it i know james he donates blood all the time i try to yeah yeah that's good well, that's you a should. great thing you've got plenty of it and there are people that can use it oh yeah so easy to do it if you have some blood to spare so there is a clinic over in Amsterdam. It's called the Kint Clinic, and they're looking to hire someone that can vomit on command. They are oh. specialized in treating anxiety, PTSD, and phobias like vomiting, so they want someone to throw up in front of sufferers to help them deal with Dear, dear. Help them wow. deal with the fear. I don't know why. That was so hard to say. But there's people who genuinely have phobias of throwing up, so they're hoping if they can find someone who can vomit on command and throw up in front of these people that... You know, it'll help these people with their phobia. They posted the position on Facebook, and they said they've already had around 100 people apply. So apparently that's something people can do. I can't. You give me enough chocolate milk, I'll chug it. It's so easy <laughs> to make yourself vomit. 
<laughs> but there's some kids who learn at a young age that they can make themselves throw up. They do it to get out of school or whatever. I've seen that parents saying that, that their child can throw up on command. I, I could never do that. Yeah, I couldn't either. I faked sick to get out of school a lot, but I never threw up to do it. I just, you know, I have a bellyache. Well, a couple more items from today in history. Two passenger jets in 1970 bound from Europe to New York are simultaneously hijacked by Palestinian terrorist members and taken to Dawson's Field, Jordan. Let's see, I'll jump over some of these here. And um, Well, the Russian parliament in 1991 approved the name change of Leningrad back to St. Petersburg, which is what our town was named after. Uh, 1997, the funeral of Diana... Princess of Wales took place in London while well over a million people lined the streets and 21 and a half, I mean, I'm sorry, two and a half billion watched around the world on TV, including myself. And finally, 1887, the city of Tampa divided into four wards, the town of Tampa, North Tampa, Western Tampa, and Ybor City. And... This day in history presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming and be a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo.com. It's 541 and got T-Crash. little discussion of sports coming up here in a moment. Right now we've got John Thomas and a little discussion of traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 545 on AM Tampa Bay, and we got T Crash joining us right now after a huge sports weekend with a lot more to come here. And um, I'm sure you enjoyed this weekend. What? TV you got to watch because you were out of town. I did, yeah. I was on uh, a bourbon trail up in Kentucky, Jack, but good morning, and it was a great weekend. A great college football weekend, too. Uh, the Florida schools, with the exception of USF, distinguished themselves. Yeah. USF kind of fell on their face there. I think there's some growing concern in Jeff Scott's third year that, you know, maybe that uh, this is this might not work out, to be quite frank. I mean... It's his third year, and they're one in nineteen against FBS competition. They have just one win, and that win was against Temple. You're in year number three. You need to see some results here, okay? Yeah. You can't go out there an opening day at home and allow your opponent to score a seventy-five yard touchdown on a jet sweep, and you allow fifty points. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. And USF is getting serious about football and sports as they are going to be opening their own sports complex out there, which, of course, will include a football field, so they no longer have to play at Raymond James Stadium. Well, and that's going to happen eventually, Jack, but you know what? I mean, if if they're not winning games, and, and I like what they're doing structurally over there, the indoor practice facility is almost ready, just about ready, the on-campus stadium a couple of years down the road, perhaps, but... I mean, if you're looking for relevance, you got to go out and string some wins together. I mean, they're not they're not competitive right now. And you know, if you if you're paying attention to the landscape of college football, all these teams are jumping to bigger conferences. UCF is going to the Big Twelve. 
I mean, yeah. that's been their biggest competitor for years now. UCF is going places. I mean, that program is in a really good spot right now, and USF is left far behind, way behind. Yeah, yeah that's a shame. But maybe they'll get better when they get to play at home in their own campus. <laughs> Who knows? And we got the Rays looking good. They... uh Beat Boston four to three to start that series, and of course they got two more games with them before being off Thursday, and then having to head to New York. That's going to be a critical series. You know, and I'm tired of you know Yankee fans belly aching and crying. And by the way, that call third strike was one of the worst call third strikes I've seen all season long to end the game on Sunday. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That ball was down by Yandy Diaz's ankles, and he gets called out in a big spot to win the game where the Rays had a chance to maybe sweep the Yankees and get a little bit closer to them in the division. But they came back yesterday. It was a big bounce-back win. They came from behind. Manuel Margot had a big hit. They got two more against Boston. Then they go to the Bronx this weekend where, I don't know, they may or they may not have Wanda Franco, who again had to leave his rehab assignment at Durham yesterday because his hand is hurting again. So here we go again. Maybe another setback there. Yeah, they're five in back of the Yankees now, so let's see how that plays out. Um, and the Gators, uh, well, they uh, was beat, a big win, Jack. Yeah, I mean they, they beat, beat Utah and, seven, Utah. Yes, and you know last week before I left, I actually called that upset that Florida was going to beat Utah because of Anthony Richardson, and they've got a new breath of fresh air with Coach Billy Napier and. You saw the swamp. I mean, that's about as good of a home field advantage as you'll see. And what a great oh, yeah. game by Anthony Richardson, man. What a special talent. Yeah, knocking off number seven, Utah, 29 to 26. And, um, I mean, that's pretty good. They host Kentucky this Saturday night. That's a big game. And I was out, I was in Lexington, and obviously it's right in the middle of Kentucky Wildcat land. And they're all excited about their team. And, uh, we'll see. I like, I kind of like Florida in that game, but, uh, Kentucky's a very good team. That'll be a hell of a game. Oh, it will. Well, the Ronnie and T. Crash show, Tom Krasnicki will be joining you on 95.3 WDAE, also on AM 620. And thank you for stopping by here, T. Crash. Jack, always great to see you, buddy. Plenty to talk about this day for sure. It's 549 on AM Tampa Bay. And Time to check out our motion now of John Thomas. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It is 5.52 on AM Tampa Bay, and um, I think we've got Rory O'Neill joining us right now, our NBC News radio reporter and uh, Rory, we um, wanted to talk to you about what's happening with uh, former President Trump now and the Justice Department going after his files and everything. And uh, we were just saying earlier, this thing seems like it's going to last for a long time and probably end up in court for a long, long time. Uh, indeed. Good morning, Jack. Yeah, you know, they're appointing the judge over the weekend, releasing that uh, decision that uh, they want to promote or have a special master review some of the documents that were seized 
gosh, can you believe it's almost been a month <laughs> since oh, yeah. that happened, uh, since the raid happened down at Mar-a-Lago. Um, it's interesting. We'll see if the Justice Department wants to appeal this decision by the judge. It does sort of fall out of the bounds of, uh, of what was expected, but uh, it, you know, sort of within the judge's prerogative as well. Yeah, the uh, whole thing is, and uh, there's a lot of talk about it this weekend, and that was that um, some are saying this is going to be a boost to former President Trump's plans to run for the presidency in 2024. And then, of course, other people, and I guess those are anti-Trumpsters, but are saying this is going to hurt him bad enough that he might not be able to run again. Well, you know, it, it's striking that balance. You want to have, you want to stay in the headlines, right? But uh, what, why you're in the news isn't necessarily a great thing. And you know, it keeps. Uh, look, this whole issue about the former president having these documents. A lot of Republicans across the board say, "All right, now wait a minute. This may be something that you know he shouldn't have been doing." But they still want to stand by and support the president overall, thinking that the FBI acted inappropriately as well. But it's tough to defend the president for having these documents, classified, unclassified, no matter what. They, they, they weren't his, right? So that's still why even Republicans, even strong Trump supporters, have a tough time defending this specifically. But, of course, would say, hey, look, the FBI and the Justice Department, they should have gone. There were other ways to, to, to get these documents back. You didn't need a raid. You didn't need the FBI uh, searching the home of a former president. So I think that's that's why this is out there. And then you get into the fact that we're talking about this instead of uh, Joe Biden, inflation, the border, all the other strikes against the current Biden administration. So Republicans who are out campaigning intensely right now in these last few weeks running up to the midterms, you know, they don't want to be talking about Donald Trump and FBI papers. They, they want to be talking about Joe Biden, about the border, about the inflation and gas prices and so on. Yeah, the funniest part of this thing was that uh, Melania Trump, his wife, found out that they had been rifling around in her panties drawer. <laughs> and well, yeah, and then we heard the, the president said during a weekend rally that you know they had they disturbed um, his son's bedroom as well, uh, and yeah. going through you know sixteen year old uh, kid's bedroom searching for documents too. Yeah, and uh, Melania had to go out and. She threw away all her panties and had to go out and buy all new ones. <laughs> well, I, I can't really say I blame her for that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd call that a panty raid. <laughs> oh, gee, <laughs> should have seen that joke coming. <laughs> <laughs> By all means. Well, Rory, our NBC News radio reporter on Twitter, at Radio Rory. And Rory, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, sir, for sure. And coming up here in the next hour, we've got Lionel on board. And you know what he's going to be talking about? No, I don't either, but we'll find out in just a little while. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. A good morning and a good Tuesday morning to you, although it feels very Monday-ish around here at six minutes after six. I'm Jack Harris, and I'm here to serve you. I'm Katie, and I'm here to serve you. And I am James, and I am here to serve you. 
and we plan to serve up a whole bunch of information and hopefully a little entertainment along the way as well. It's six minutes after six, and first of all, let's check on our birthdays for today. Bert Rodriguez having a birthday. Craig Capo, David Tyler, and Willie Lawson. And have you all got some birthdays? I only have one, Katie Specht. And I've got none. Well, I haven't got that many birthdays today. We had Skip Mahaffey, but radio guy, but he's not around these parts anymore. Well, I got a joke sent to me by Wayne Shattuck. Four old guys walking down a street. They turn a corner and see a sign that says, Old Timers Bar, all drinks, 10 cents. They look at each other and then go in thinking this is the best thing ever. As they enter, the old bartender says in a voice that carries across the room, Come on in and let me pour one for you. What'll it be, gentlemen? A fully stocked bar. So each of the men orders a martini. And in no time, the bartender serves up four iced martinis, shaken, not stirred, and says, That's ten cents each, please. The four guys stare at the bartender for a moment, then at each other. They can't believe their good luck. They pay the 40 cents and finish their martinis, order another round. And again, four excellent martinis produced, and the bartender again saying, that'll be 40 cents, please. They pay 40 cents, but their curiosity gets the better of them, and they've each had two martinis. They haven't even spent a dollar yet. And finally, one of them says, how can you afford to serve martinis as good as these for a dime apiece? And the bartender says, well, I'm a retired tailor from Phoenix. Now, I always wanted to own a bar. And last year, I hit the lottery jackpot for $125 million, decided to open this place, and every drink costs a dime. Wine, liquor, beer, it's all the same. Wow, that's some story, one of the men says. As the four of them sip their martinis, they can't help noticing seven other people at the end of the bar who don't have any drinks in front of them and haven't ordered anything the whole time they've been there. And nodding at the seven at the end of the bar, one of the men asks the bartender, what's with them? And the bartender says, well, they're retired people from Florida. They're waiting for happy hour when drinks are half price. That's a clever. That's a bad Florida joke. <laughs> but we'll thank Wayne Shattuck for that one. And wait just a second here. I'll try to find Well, if I can find it here. I think Katie has a joke. Oh, Katie. Why yeah. doesn't Dracula have any friends? Let's see. Dracula's teeth. Uh, let me see. I don't know why. Because honestly, he's a real pain in the neck. <laughs> Well, James, can you top that one? I, I, I might be able to. So we have uh, Katie and Clay sitting in the classroom, oh, and, and they're writing notes to each other. And uh, Clay, uh, you know, uh, Katie wants Clay to describe what she looks like. So uh, Clay writes back on the note, do you know Beyonce? And Katie writes, yes! And then he writes, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, if you've got any good jokes, please send them to us.
or call them in or whatever the case may be. We want to hear them. One other here, uh, laxatives give you a good run for your money. That is true. Not enough of that. It's 10 after 6, and we got Lionel coming up in just a minute. It'll be fascinating to hear what he's going to be talking about. Right now, we got John Thomas, and we know he's talking about traffic. In the darkest times, he is a beacon of hope. When common sense is needed in a mad world, a voice for Americans, a voice for America. This is Lionel on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And he's the reason we look forward to Monday, or in this case, a Tuesday. And, and Lionel, what's going on this morning? The Republicans are going to blow it again. Jack, can't you see what they're doing? Can't you see what's happening? Let me ask you something. You're an astute man. You've been around since the Harding administration. You know what's going on. <laughs> Jack, whenever, whenever the Democrats talk about anything, they always talk about a program. Always. You can laugh. I just happened to walk, walk by the, the RCA Victor, and I saw this PM Magazine version of this ha-ha world called Fox and Friends. I can't even watch a second. I don't know what parallel universe these people are in. We're doing great. I love our troops. Hey, good morning. Your world is crushing, and you don't even understand it. Jack, whenever Biden talks about something, whenever the Democrats, they always talk about a program. And what do the Republicans do? They laugh. He has the uh, uh, pit, uh, uh, burn pit legislation. You laugh. He talks about the uh, Green New Deal. You laugh. You talk about the infra, infrastructure, whatever, you laugh. You talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, you laugh. That's what Republicans do. They just laugh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Repeal guns? What are you talking about? They'll never win. Meanwhile, more people in this country are saying, well, that's pretty good. Gas prices are going down. He's getting a, tack, a, 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 a piece of inflation. He handled COVID crime for the most part. You, are, you ask anybody in Tampa, go to West Tampa, go to Carrollwood, wherever you are, and say, is crime, do you really feel crime? Is a, no, not really. I mean, I, yeah, I notice, i got to read about it. No, but do you feel, do you, are you going in at night and locking the doors and, you know, with your gun? No. Do you feel like you're, like everything is crushing it? No. No, I don't know. Right now, uh, Donald Trump should be owning the airways. Right now, and deflate. Biden, we laugh at him, is coming forward with MAGA this, MAGA that, the anti-fascist, half-fascist, whatever you want to call it. And what is Trump doing? I ask you. You know what he's doing? He's talking about, woe is me. Look how they searched Mar-a-Lago. Look how I lost the election. Me, 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 me. The other day he, gets a, he gives a speech for Dr. Oz, a loser, an Oprah acolyte. And I'm not, I mean, he's going to lose to a stroke victim. His, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to mock somebody, but his opponent makes Joe Biden look like Niels Bohr. And he's going to lose. So what does Trump do? He goes up and talks two hours about who? About Oz? About the governor? No, himself. Him. Me. It's about me. Look what they did to me. And this kills Republicans? Oh, my God, this cult of personality. Jack, when I tell my friends this, they go nuts. But it's true. You've got 62 days until the midterms, and they're going to lose it again. Remember I'm saying, flag this tape, as we used to say years ago. Flag this. I'm telling you. They are, they, the momentum starts way before this. 
every time Trump speaks, every time Republicans speak, they have to talk about the future. Jack, there's three groups of people. There's the Democrats who aren't going to vote for the Republicans, the Republicans who aren't going to vote for the Democrats. And then in the middle, there's these independents and undecideds. And maybe a, a Democrat you might poach away or poach from the, the left, all right? Those are the ones you're talking to. Is Trump talking to them? No. What is attractive? How does Trump attract somebody? By mocking somebody? Every time he speaks, and I think the guy's great. And I'm his biggest fan. Listen to me. I'm telling him. It's like tough love. Whenever he speaks, Jack, is like a roast. He makes fun of people. Joe Biden's so stupid. Department of Justice is so stupid. This one's so stupid. He's so ugly. He's so unlistenable. Hey, don't watch Fox News. Hey, CNN, I'll show you how to be. Can you believe this? This, this guy wants to be president. Meanwhile, Biden, and they're doing the same thing. Look at the crowd turnout. Look how few people there are. Jack, this is 2020 all over again. They're doing exactly the same thing. And you mark my words. And I know there are these people in town, and they're having coffee, and they're coffee, and they're laughing, and they're thinking, what the hell is this guy talking about? Because in their world, in their little microcosm, they think Trump is doing great, and who in their right mind could vote Democrat? Watch what happens. And this, and by the way, Ron DeSantis, you've got your world, your work cut out for you. Make sure you're paying attention to what's going on. People want to hear about the future. Give me a dream. Give me something. Think Ronald Reagan. Oh, Look yeah. at this. I just happen to be looking at Fox. Judge approves Trump request for special master. Nobody cares about this, Jack. People are not worried about the Mar-a-Lago raid. Ask black Americans, people of color, poor people, about the police. You're worried about a raid? You, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, this is, this, this, this is a disconnect, the likes <laughs> of which... I've never seen. And the yeah. Republicans, Jack, are going to lose again. Okay. Well, you've got Lionel's prediction right there. And I follow Lionel on Twitter and at LionelMedia.com because he's got a lot of great stuff there. Well, I got sure. more to write. Twitter at Lionel Media. Oh, I'm going to be blasting this morning. Oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, I'm oh, oh, looking absolutely. forward like to seeing it. All right. We'll talk All to you next it. week, Lionel. Come down and see us. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay in time for John Thomas and traffic. Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 624 and joining us right now is Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And Aaron, President Biden's student loan plan to uh, do away with all of the student loan paybacks could cost as much as a trillion dollars. And it's challenging efforts to scale down the federal deficit. And he's getting a lot of criticism for this for people who've had to pay their loans over the years, and all of a sudden the kids today are getting freebies. Yes, so that is the argument. But the good news is that no matter what age you are, if you're 25 or 85, you are eligible for this program. Um, it, it's going to be, basically go live on October, uh, the first weeks of October, and then you, you can apply to this program anywhere after that. So 
it's going to be four to six weeks until everything is processed, but they're asking people to get in their applications for debt forgiveness by November 15th. But the bigger question here is that analysts are really expecting a strong interest in both the debt cancellation portion of this program and the portion that allows borrowers to pay a lower percentage of their income to keep up with their loans. So, while it's a $1.75 trillion outstanding student loan debt market, it needs to be addressed. The question comes up, how are we going to pay for it? Because the total price tag of the program, as you mentioned, could reach $1 trillion. And this is all according to the Penn Wharton budget model. That's a widely regarded analysis. It's frequently cited by policymakers. And in fact, the debt cancellation portion alone, that could cost over $500 billion. Now, it's a matter of how many people sign up. And what they think is that... Um, there's going to be a lot more interest in this program than the Biden administration has anticipated. It's just going to be more people applying to this. They're expecting about a 75% enrollment rate, but other debt relief programs say that that number is too low. So if the Department of Education is going to miss out on probably roughly $197 billion in loans made over the past 25 years, the repayment over the next decade, that's that's a big gap that's going to be missing and it really begs the question how are we going to pay for it the biden administration says that the deficit is projected to run 1.03 trillion this fiscal year that would represent a roughly 1.7 trillion decline from the prior fiscal year and the decrease would kind of make up for this one-time payment in terms of student loan that's the argument well i think a lot of people are arguing you know uh, older people I've worked hard to get through college and to pay my debt, and I've had kids, and I've had to pay for them to go to college, and all of a sudden now I've got to pay through my taxes for kids I don't even know to go to college. Yes, that would be the argument on the other side for sure. Yes. Well, I don't think it will (laughs) win, but (laughs) nevertheless it's out there, and Biden's catching a lot of heat over this thing from – I guess people in the same situation as I was. But nevertheless, Aaron, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And coming up here a little later on, we got Dope of the Day from Katie. And Jay Ratliff is going to be joining us because the market has been sagging considerably. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 636. Who is our dope of the day, Katie? Well, a crazy Florida man. His name is Mark Greenberg. He's 55 and he was arrested over the weekend for aggravated stalking after he's been accused of stalking a six-year-old girl. The girl's father said that he was coming into their driveway and making uncomfortable comments toward the girl as she played outside. It was absolutely insane so he wasn't trying to hide it the girl's father was out there and he the guy was telling the little girl he was going to pick her up and take her to disney world you know just trying to lure her and say things that were going to excite a six-year-old and he was calling her a big girl because you know little children love to hear so he's a pervert yeah so he's just an absolute freak uh so needless to say police did arrest him and again he is on a warrant now he was arrested in deltona on a warrant for aggravated stalking keep him locked up yes Yes. keep him out 
it's that's so scary, especially as a father, to see that happen right in front of you when your six year old is playing outside. You're never going to want your child to go outside if, again. If I, if I had kids and that happened, he wouldn't even be able to see prison. And I guess he followed that's the girl true. to her grandmother's house. And he parked outside. This was like over a few days. He was parked twice outside. So the father started noticing what was happening and obviously called police. It's really it's really scary. Yeah, and what's scary is you've got judges that are going to let that guy go at some point again. And he's going to commit the same crime again. You're right. It's there. He'll be in jail for I don't know how long. I don't know what aggravated stalking of a person under 16, what the <laughs> charge for that is. I've never done that, and I don't know many people who have, so I don't know what the charge is for that. But you're right. He's going to be let out, and it's all going to happen over again because people like this are just sick. He's not going to – this isn't going to teach him a lesson. Yeah, the I, laws are way too lenient. You're right, and yeah. he's 55. I'm sure this isn't the first time he's done something like this. So it's just going to keep happening until something bad happens, which is just awful. I think we need to upgrade it to pervert of the day for this guy. Yes. And how unsafe for this family when this man does get let out? Because this guy knows where they live. Do you move? What do you do to stay safe and protect your child? Yeah, get a gun. And if if he commits the same crime again, they ought to put the judge who let him out in jail. Right. I wish it worked like that sometimes. Well, it won't happen, but it should. Hey, by the way, I got to mention we had reservations to go to Ivoroni's on Friday night, which is up near Carrollwood, and we go there a lot. I mean, it's one of our favorite places, and um, or one of our favorites for sure. But major intersections around South Tampa were flooded. I mean, there were stalled cars everywhere, really deep in the water. And fortunately, we're driving the SUV, and we're able to go through the deep water. And we started looking for high ground south of Kennedy and uh, hoping to pass a restaurant we didn't have to swim to. And we had to cancel our Ivoroni reservation, couldn't get up there. And luckily, we ended up in the parking lot for Panarustica, and they're usually fully booked on weekends. And uh, our friend that we were with, Lisa, negotiated with a hostess on the phone, and we took our wet bodies inside, and Oscar and his team found a nice table in the corner for us, and we have never been so happy to eat off a cocktail table, but the food was terrific, and their desserts are outstanding. But anyway, our thanks to Oscar for rescuing us on Friday night. I've never seen that kind of flooding in South Tampa uh, since the days when they used to have the real heavy flooding in the neighborhood south of Gandhi. That was horrible. I mean, that was cars stalled everywhere back in then, and fortunately they've put enough drainage in, in south of Gandhi so they don't have that kind of flooding now. But I've never seen it like that in the South Tampa area where we live. But we made it. It's 641 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and dry traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market, here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay Ratliff from daytradefund.com joining us right now. And 
Um, Jay, I understand the um, market is still nosediving. Yeah, we, we've uh, ended, what, our third losing week in a row as far as the major markets. And you know, back on Friday, uh, we were looking at the jobs report that we kind of previewed earlier in the week. Uh, analysts were expecting 300,000 jobs created in August. There was a fear that if that number was considerably higher, the Fed would be forced to do more, like raising interest rates faster than expected. Well, the report came out, and the number came in pretty much as expected. And initially, the markets went up by more than 350 points on Friday, but the Dow stalled and then started falling back and ended the day uh, down more than 340 points. So uh, that gave us, what, a losing streak of three weeks and counting, uh, because right now there's a lot of concerns over inflation and uh, the job market uh, and what's going to be coming up with regards to the next several months uh, with this still the supply and demand situation that we continue to fight. And right now, Jack, a lot of those worries are really starting to weigh heavily on investors as we are, uh, start rolling through the month of September. Yeah, inflation, I guess, is taking a big bite out of the market these days. It is, and I think that that can be uh, viewed by looking at the volatility or fear index that you and I have talked about uh, many times before. It came into this year at uh, 16. This is how we measure the concern for investors that they have as far as the direction of the markets, the economy, and what their plans are for the next 30 days. And the higher that number, the higher the fear. Now, since the beginning of the year, that number has climbed from 16 and is up 56%, now over 25. So the concern on Wall Street certainly is, is rising. Now, to keep it in perspective, when we had the banking crisis in 2008, that volatility or fear index was over 90 and was over 60 during the beginning of the uh, the pandemic. So we still have a long way to go before, you know, the, anything starts to melt, so to speak, with regards to, to Wall Street. But given the fact that September is the one of the historically slowest tra- uh, months of trading of the year, uh, what we're looking at is a lot of investors saying uh, we need to be very careful, and they're very skittish right now. And unfortunately, when you have that kind of emotion on Wall Street, it doesn't take much to trigger a little bit of a sell-off. And, of course, that tends to be followed by another sell-off. And before you know it, uh, the markets have dropped a, a bit over a short period of time. And, you know, a person's got to look for the best time to invest now. And what you're trying to do is invest when you hit bottom and start back again but nobody's aware of when that's going to happen no and, and that's why trying to time the market is really a dangerous thing and, and even though you know I, my students and i we flip stocks we always have a certain spot where we know we're going to go into a security uh, you don't care if it's the absolute low or, or whatever you just have a, a predetermined spot picked out and then you know when you're going to buy it and you know exactly when you're going to sell it if that stock continues to go up or if it drifts back even a little bit lower than what you had, you always have that exit strategy in mind. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of individuals, they'll have cash on the sidelines, and when stocks go on sale, they don't have that predetermined uh, entry plan in place. So then you don't really know when to jump into the market. And it's a lot like when you have kids that are playing a jump rope game and you've got people that are rocking back and forth ready to jump in. Well, many investors, that's all they do. They rock back and forth trying to wait for the perfect time. You just need to look at the stocks you like, pick some uh, discounted prices that you like on a given stock, 
and maybe a little bit more than may, might seem realistic. And if that stock uh, that you have in mind drops whatever it might happen to be, 10, 15, 18, 25%, whatever it might happen to be, then that's your trigger. You buy your shares as expected, and then uh, you know you know when you're going to get out of the stock accordingly. That's what Warren Buffett has done his entire career. He has no emotion involved in the stocks for the most part. He knows when he's going to put money in, and he just allows the checklist that he has in place to dictate his moves. And when he does that, he makes a tremendous amount of money. The problem is when the market's dropping, people freak out thinking it's going to continue to drop, and they never jump in on what turns out to be some incredible bargains because they allowed that emotion to to control uh, whatever their original plan of attack was. Hmm. Well, uh, you don't want to do any investing until you get on to daytradefund.com. That's the uh, Jay Ratliff website, daytradefund.com. And when we uh, get together again later this week or whenever we do, Jay, I uh, want to talk about the airlines because you're also an aviation expert. I mm-hmm. uh, want to talk about what's happening now with cancellations and uh, delayed flights and stuff like that because it's still a pretty big deal, apparently. And will continue to be, so I'll put that on my notes for Friday, and I'll be ready for you. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, Jay. Jay Ratliff, our day trading expert at daytradefund.com and our aviation expert it's 650 on am tampa bay and here's our traffic expert john thomas live on 94.5 fm in pinellas county this is am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla by the way we were talking about gas prices going down which they are doing that uh current average is 349 and a half and that's what it is uh well at wawa near the station and i think shell station same thing 349 and a half uh well 349.9 i guess uh, but that's one cent less than it was the day before and it's ten and a half cents less than a week ago and 29 cents less than a month ago. So uh, the price of gas is definitely going down fairly rapidly at this point, although it's got a ways to go before the average a year ago. It's still uh, 49.5 cents, almost a half dollar more than it was a year ago. And the lowest price, uh, or I mean the highest price, it got to 490 back on June 13th so it's a dollar 40 less than it was back in June and here we are in August just a couple of months later so gas prices are going down that's the good news and if they keep going they'll match the year ago average and perhaps even keep going to what they were a couple of years ago but let's hope that's the case Hey, you got to check out our blog here for sure. Um, well, for one, we've got photos of Katie's weekend in Kissimmee. Yes, that was a very, very good time. I went to Gaylord Palms, won a trip here at work. I don't really know what I did to win it, but I won it nonetheless. You, and I got your to hard work. That's yeah. what you've been doing. All of my hard the show work. together and the Ryan Gorman show and all the others. 
but she's standing next to some strange guy. Some random man I found at the resort. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to check out those pictures. And I was looking at this guy with his incredible frisbee skills on the beach. He's kind of an older guy, too. Did you watch the video? Yeah. It's, he did really well. That was impressive. I said in the blog, he's like the Harlem Grobe Trotters of the Frisbee world. Wow, that was Oh, really he is. I can't talk this morning. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> Long <laughs> well, weekend. Tough weekend in Kissimmee. That's it. Apparently. Uh, and then you video several people injured. This is bad news after a drop tower ride crashes to the ground. Yeah, luckily nobody died in that. But if you haven't seen that video, this was over in India, but it's absolutely insane. It was one of those rides that when it gets to the bottom, it's supposed to, you know, slow down and it didn't slow down. So it crashed really hard. It was scary. Yeah, those rides are scary for people anyway, because they are, they threaten you with going to be dropping all the way down. And then they don't, of course, but, um, I like them, but a lot of people can't stand them. But anyway, check it out at amchampabay.com, amchampabay.com, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up.